Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He is not Spencer Penny Strode. You only have just me, Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. Penny is out sick. Uh, unfortunately, just couldn't have him on today uh, because you know I'm going to be going on vacation, and I just wanted to sneak a magic pot in before uh, heading out of the country. But you know, I originally thought this was going to be a fairly short, and it should still be a pretty short pod episode. But you know, some summer league thoughts, some FIBA World Cup prep thoughts. You know, as as that's coming up here uh, later in this month of August. And then the magic came out, you know, with some news where they apparently are now donating as a franchise to political parties now. And then Jonathan Isaac came out in the news as well. So there's uh, there's a few things to touch on here. So it actually may not be a bad idea for me to go solo, but uh, I hope everyone is having a wonderful summer at the moment, you know, as uh, this is the first of August that this is being recorded. So, uh, Kalomina, as I would say in, uh, in Greek, happy first of the month. And let's just talk some magic basketball. Let's go. Hardaway, straight down the lane, the power jack. Point guard on a 7 6 guy. Here's Lewis turning and he shoots. Yes! With four and one ten seconds to Here's Turkaloo for the win. All right. Uh, as I said in the intro, this is being recorded Tuesday night, August 1st. I'm going to try and keep it things in order from the last time we did a podcast. Again, I'm going solo tonight, so hopefully I uh, I don't go too long and bore you all to death. But I appreciate anyone and everyone that's listening, and hopefully you respect my insights. So, Summer League. So, our last pod, we had only been one game through Summer League. And that ended up probably being the most useful one and the best one uh, because the Magic were just awful in all of Summer League. It was, I don't want to say it was a waste because, you know, we got to see Kevon Harris and then Caleb Houston and, of course, Anthony Black and Jet Howard. Um, Kai Soto, it was just not a good uh, good time in Vegas for him. Sorry for all the Filipino fans that were super hyped for that. Uh, I was really rooting for you. I, re- I genuinely was, like... I, I I equate the Kai Soto run to like Jake Sakalides in like the late '90s, early 2000s, whatever, when he was trying to make it for the Phoenix Suns. But Jake actually was a much better center than Kai Soto is at the moment. But uh, and completely different players. And that was a weird digression. So hopefully I don't do too many of those. But anyway, summer league. So yeah, I mean, once Kevon Harris sat after that first game, it just got ugly. It seemed like from there, um, like. Kevon Harris had that great first game, but he got hurt, and they kept him out the rest of the time. Caleb Houston had a good run, and then it's like, okay, you sit. Anthony Black, he he was really dominant defensively at times, which is what you want. Like Defense was what you brought this guy in for for the most part initially. That's one tool that he's got ready is his defense, mostly a lot because of his size. You know, He's a 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, point guard in essence out there, but – the jump shot was terrible. It's it needs a ton of work, and I do not want to hear anything about 
him taking Markel Fultz minute, Fultz's minutes when Fultz has a better jump shot than Black at the moment. Um, now, Cole Anthony, that's that's a tougher conversation because Cole Anthony is uh, has not been extended. He could be extended right now, contract-wise, but it hasn't happened yet. Fultz can't be extended till basically October 1st, I believe it is. But with Black, you know, he, he showed good instances of vision. He was really, really composed out there. Like, there wasn't any Reese Gaines, like, shitting himself moments on the floor with the ball in his hands. Now, he did, when he tried to rush things at times, get into turnover trouble. And, you know, apparently came out, like, a couple days ago in some type of interview he did that Black was nursing some type of ankle injury. That's why he wasn't showing, you know, a lot of burst and whatnot. So, you know, I with Summer League... Once the Franz Wagner thing happened where he was terrible in summer league, he was terrible in preseason, and then the regular season comes and he's awesome his rookie season, I just threw that all out the window because even if a guy doesn't look great at summer league, he's got a couple months to turn it around going into regular season. And do Black and Jet Howard seem to belong on NBA rosters? Yes, that's what you wanted to see at the end of the day. I'm still not a big Jet Howard person. I think Anthony Black is not a good fit for this Magic team at the moment. Um I mean, the whole when I look at it like this, it's like you bring in Black, so does, that means at least one of Cole and Markel Fultz is potentially out the door. So, you know, competition can be a good thing, but competition can be a very toxic thing. Look at the Rob Hennigan era. So, uh, you know, with Jet Howard, he's he's a small forward at the moment. He's too slow to be a shooting guard. He's too weak to be a power forward. He's not the most bursty type of athlete. Um he can get his own three-point shot off, which is awesome. Like, that's that's what you brought him in for. But, you know, there's a reason why Terrence Ross didn't stick around, and that's because Terrence Ross couldn't play defense. And if the shot wasn't falling, he was almost worthless out there. And I feel like Jed Howard is kind of in a similar spot. Maybe he's a better passer than T. Ross. I didn't really get to see much of that. Um, but, yeah, those are my summer league thoughts. I don't have much more than that. Like, it was painful to watch for all magic fans. Like it was super painful to watch summer league. I, I it's, it had been a very, very, very long time since a magic summer league went that bad in my eyes. Um, so yeah, I'll cause yeah, even in the, yeah, I mean, you maybe have to go back to the, like the Reese gain summer league for, for me to think of a worse magic summer league. Cause yeah, it's even, I remember when LeBron's rookie campaign, when, he was playing games at the arena. It's like, you know, yeah, Bryn Johnson had the dunk on him, but then it's like Keith Bogans was actually playing pretty good in summer league. So you had moments like that. Um, and it didn't help that the magic lost every, every game that, that just, it doesn't help. You know, you want to see a, a win on the call, a win in the W column at least. And it just didn't happen. So that's it for summer league. Um, Admiral Schofield is going to return to the magic on a two way contract deal uh, or two way deal. So, uh, that leaves one two-way spot left uh, with the new CBA that came out, uh, you know, in July. Uh, we went from two two-way spots to now three two-way spots for every NBA roster to to fill or potentially fill. Um, you know, Kevon Harris has the other one. Schofield, I didn't realize it was possible for him to come back on a two-way, but I'm, and I still haven't seen anyone really properly explain how that was possible because I could have sworn that after two years you can't bring a guy back again on a two-way unless the magic signing Schofield to an NBA contract towards the end of this past season 
circumvented all that, which that's that's smart. Um, you know, maybe maybe that's a tip of the cap to Pete D'Alessandro. I don't know because he's our kind of cap CBA rule guy. But um, yeah, it's I like Schofield. I I hope he doesn't play as much this season or uh, this upcoming season as he did this past season because he's we play him out of position almost like we play him at power forward when he's not fast enough. I don't think to be a shooting guard and you have to play him at small forward and there's not really any room at all at small forward between Franz, Paolo, Caleb, now Joe Ingles, um, Gary Harris can play small forward. Like there's a lot you can do. I'm probably missing a guy off the top of my head. Jed Howard, obviously as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, Schofield's back. It, he's a he's a good dude he's he's a fighter he he played pretty good overall I mean for a two-way guy that's kind of what you want to see I'm just surprised that he's back I thought he was gonna either try and get on another NBA team which maybe that just wasn't happening or he was gonna give Europe a try but I I guess he just wants to give it another go and you know hey good for us I mean Kevon Harris and Admiral Schofield as your two-way guys you, you can do a lot worse um you could go a different route and maybe go for younger guys, you know, that maybe you're trying to develop long term. But that's not really what the Magic are going for at the moment. They just want guys that they can, I guess, trust in like in case of emergency. And you could do worse than those two guys for sure. So um, the Magic made a minor trade with the Phoenix Suns uh, before Bull Bull then ended up signing for Phoenix as a free agent. Um it's going to be interesting if Bull actually starts for the Suns. I don't think so, but he's going to get rotation minutes. Um, but the Magic traded three second-round picks to the Suns for a chance at a 2022nd first-round uh, pick swap. So here's how it goes. Phoenix already owed the Wizards a 2026 first-round pick swap. So with this Magic trade, the Wizards get first dibs at a pick swap with the Suns, and then the Magic end up basically with second dibs after that. Bobby Marks laid it out. Uh, he say so for this is an example from Marks. So say the Wizards finish with uh, the tenth worst record in the league, and then the Suns end up with the twentieth worst record in the league, and the Magic end up with the twenty fifth worst. So whatever, we're a top five team, let's say by by the end of the 2025-2026 season. So in this case, you know the Magic had a better season than both uh, a better 2025-2026 season than both the Wizards and Phoenix which is very possible by then depending on uh, how we develop but the Wizards stay put in this instance in this example a 10th because they have the best pick already in this situation but then the Magic would swap with Phoenix and go from 25th to 20th so you know in the Weltman era the Magic don't value second round picks Uh, I don't agree with that approach but that's the philosophy. I was hoping that maybe Anthony Parker coming in and replacing John Hammond would maybe change that. That didn't hasn't quite happened yet. Um, the three second rounders we're, we're sending out that, or that we sent out to Phoenix aren't crazy great. Like it's Denver's, what is it? It's Denver's 2024 second, uh, which I doubt is better than the 55th pick coming <laughs> this upcoming season, unless Jokic gets hurt for a long period of time. Like, the Nuggets are a top five team in the in the NBA because and they just won the NBA championship. Uh, and then the next pick this is the uh, 2026 least favorable second round pick of the Magic, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Detroit Pistons, uh, which I think the Pistons got via the Clippers, which is a little confusing. But I, I won't divulge divulge further than that. I doubt that this pick that 
we're sending out is going to be better than 50th, assuming that the Bucks don't fall off a cliff, which could happen if Giannis Adetokounmpo is no longer a Milwaukee Buck. Like, it's it's in play right now until he re-signs or signs an extension. But um, And then the third pick, second-round pick we're given, we're given up, it's a 2028 Boston second, which is protected 31 through 45. So it can't be better than 46th or it won't convey. So nothing crazy being given up by the Magic, most likely. Um, and since the Magic basically give it up for cash anyway, why not try and get a better first-round pick in 2026? All right, let's talk Mexico City. The Magic are playing the Hawks in Mexico City on November 9th. It'll be fairly early on in the season. We're, we're already going to be hosting a Brazilian team Flamingo again in the preseason uh, on October 20th. So it's going to be some international flavor uh, with this Magic season. Don't know yet who if it's a home game uh, for the Hawks or a home game for the Magic, but it's an ESPN game. So we finally have a nationally televised game after a long while. Um, we've already played a few times in Mexico City uh, over the past, what, 11 years. You know, we might see former Magic player Gustavo Ion in there, which I think Gustavo also formerly played for the Hawks briefly as well. So Ion should be there unless he's got something better to do that uh that week uh so but that's that's a november 9th game um the league is expanding by two teams in a few years uh seattle and las vegas are the favorites but mexico city gets thrown into the conversation as uh as a potential uh strong option if not if it's not going to be seattle and and vegas i mean it's definitely going to be seattle it's a matter of do they go with vegas or is vegas specifically going to be kind of a summer league type of town that's also going to be hosting the final four of uh of the play of the uh, mid-season tournament so um or do they think vegas can can do an nba team because i mean we're we're seeing vegas is a football town they have a WNBA team they uh they have a hockey team and fans seem to support those places pretty well um i don't know about the football team necessarily uh but Definitely the WNBA team, the Aces, and the uh, and their uh, hockey team, the the Las Vegas Knights. Like it's, uh, yeah. It, I I I would I wouldn't be a big fan of a Mexico City team, but if you want to make the game more global and kind of bring in potentially more fans, this is a pretty good way to do it. Because I mean, you you have one team in Canada in Toronto. I I'd love it if they had a team in Vancouver, but you know, maybe there's not really any momentum for that. Um, I, I just hope if when when the league expands, because it's almost inevitable this, inevitable at this point, it's going to be Seattle and uh, maybe Vegas. Like, I'm not strongly for Vegas. I'm not against it, uh, like some other pundits I've heard uh, be. Um, but I just want Seattle to get their team back. And, no, I am not worried about Paolo Bencaro ditching Orlando for Seattle. Like, I – if we're taking care of him and if we're actually a winning franchise, it's it's going to be really dumb for him to leave because a lot of guys, even though they, you know, they all want anyone that's from Seattle or from that Seattle area wants the Sonics back, but doesn't necessarily mean that they want to actually play for for him because there's extra distractions, there's added distractions playing in, at home, playing in front of friends, family life distractions you know so um i'm i'm not threatened i'm not worried about the whole palo seattle thing like man love seattle let the man love seattle 
keep cheering for them, make them fall in love with Orlando. We'll worry about this when, when this happens. Um, briefly want to touch on the Pascal Siakam magic rumor, which kind of came out of nowhere. I don't really get it. Um, the magic would have to give up a lot to get Siakam. And I'm not really sure that he improves this team that much. If you're playing, if you're trying to play him at, I mean, you have to play him at center because it's, or you'd have to go really, really beefy and so ask Franz to play shooting guard. You'd have Paolo at small forward, Siakam at power forward, and ideally Wendell at, at the center. But, you know, Toronto would just want way too much in return. I, I don't see that being a thing. And I think Siakam overall is a little bit overrated. I know he's an all-star. I know he won a ring with Kawhi Leonard and, you know, as a Raptor. And he was essentially the second best player for the Raptors, you could say Fred Van Vliet definitely took over uh, towards the end of that finals run. Uh, but hey, I, was cons- I don't want the Magic going in on like a big trade if it's not for either a def- definitive alpha dog or a guy that's your number two. And I don't – Siakam would come in as the alpha maybe initially, and I just don't think that works for us. So I'll uh, I'll leave it at that. I just – I don't – I don't understand that. And Siakam wouldn't work at center. He's just not not what you need there. He's not strong enough. He's not – he doesn't do the things that you need from, say, like a guy like a Wendell or like if you – you know, a beefier guy you needed at that position. So let's talk FIBA World Cup before we get to uh, some of the more unfortunate magic topics here at the end. Uh, I'm not going to go through the groups. I'll save that for the next pod. Uh but we've got five Magic players participating in the FIBA World Cup that's going to start August 25th and runs through September 10th. And it's taking place in the Philippines, Japan, and Indonesia. The last time I think we had a, a tournament in Asia, uh, a major FIBA tournament in Asia, was the 2006 FIBA World Championships in Japan. Because um, the I think it was 2010 the FIBA World Championships, which is World Cup World Championships, the same thing. FIBA over the last decade or so changed the name from World Championships to World Cup. It's it's the same thing, but because um, I, I think 2010 was in Turkey, and I mean even that was not bad. Our time change wise, um, this is brutal. Uh, if, or the, it, this could potentially be brutal watching wise um, from a from a time perspective because you're going to be up either really late at night or really early in the morning depending on how you tackle this. But I will talk strategy like this uh, over take a nap before or whatever. Like because uh, I had a pretty good strategy for the 2006 FIBA World Championships when uh, when Greece upset uh, upset the U.S. Uh, in the semifinals. Um, it was. I woke up at like 2.30 or 2.45 in the morning uh, and tuned it in, tuned it on ESPN or ESPN2. It was probably ESPN at the time. And I was just watching this miracle happening in my eyes because we, we played a pretty solid game that day. And, you know, we beat Dwight Howard and LeBron and Carmelo and D-Wade D- and Bosh and Chris Paul. And, yeah, a lot of those guys were young, but they're superstar talent. And I know Greece which I still celebrate to this day, often won the 2005 Eurobasket. Um, you know, they knocked off Dirk in that championship game, uh, which was the last time Germany had won a medal before they just won bronze at the 2022 Eurobasket, which that was fun to attend and see Franz there in that atmosphere. But 
Um, yeah, I just remember with 2006, uh, that semifinal, I, I wake up at 2.30, I watch the game. I am so amped going into my classes that day. Uh, and this was my freshman year at UCF. This is, you know, September of, of 2006. And uh, I, am, I am super stoked as a freshman at UCF going into that, just going into my classes, like sleep deprived and happy. And thank God I didn't have an exam that day. Um, and there's going to be people that, are going to curse and, and hate it waking up early or staying up late watching these games, just like people were doing it for the women's national team just now uh, when they uh, drew 0-0 with Portugal in their last group stage game of this uh, Women's World Cup uh, you know, where everybody woke up at or was watching at 3 a.m. Eastern time. So um, we'll get through this together, and we'll, we'll talk strategy and more of that stuff. But uh, – for these training camps that are ongoing now for these for these magic players that are with their national teams and their training camps and they're doing warm up friendlies like the hours and, wa- and, and the hours and time differences are much more friendlier with these prep games cuz a lot of them are happening either here in the US for team USA or in Europe or you know not super far east asia like it's you're in you know the middle east like Abu Dhabi or um uh yeah, I mean Abu Dhabi. Like most most folks are, most of these teams aren't playing friendlies in the Philippines, Japan, or Indonesia, or anywhere near those areas. So um, it's an opportunity if if you see links going out for streams, because this is how you're gonna wa- have to watch a lot of them. I know for the U.S. games, I think all of them are gonna be on ESPN or ESPN Plus. Um, so you'll be able to watch those. But for uh, you know, the Wagner brothers with Germany for Goga Bataze with Georgia, uh, for Joe Ingalls with, uh, with Australia, like you're going to be looking for streams and you'll, you'll find them. Um, you might need a VPN to access them, but they'll be out there. Um, just be on the lookout cause magic fans are really savvy and they'll, they'll, they'll hunt it down. If you want to watch ba- FIBA basketball, uh, you'll be able to see it one way or another. So, all right, let's talk. Let's talk uh, with the Magic players here. So I said Wagner Brothers at the start. I'll go with them. So Germany's training camp already started uh, yesterday, July thirty first in Bonn. Uh, they'll play Sweden Saturday in their first warm up game of the summer. Franz had a big EuroBasket last year. I, you know, he didn't have the greatest game when I went to the semifinal game against. Uh, oh God, against Spain. Who Spain ended up winning the the whole thing, but. Um, you know, it was, it ended up being a big launch pad going into Franz's second season. And it's a chance, man, for you to really just build up momentum, get your name out there worldwide, and just build confidence, build your game up. And it's just fun, man. It's competitive basketball in August. Like it's, it's good stuff. So, or September, depending on how deep in the tournament you go, obviously. But, uh, poor Mo Wagner, uh, Franz's brother, obviously. Poor Mo, he got hurt the last day of training camp last year and just didn't play a second in the Euro in the FIBA pre-match, uh, pre-warm-up match, you know, matches, games, and then he missed all the Euro basket. And he's got a chance, does Mo, to finally play with his brother for uh, for their country on a senior level. So you know, people forget how good Mo Wagner was for Germany, carrying that team to the Tokyo Olympics in 2021, and um, you know Germany as a team, it's it's gonna be interesting because Maxi Kleber should have been on this team, but he clashed with Germany captain Dennis Schroeder. 
Schroeder won. Uh, Kleber is off the team, but that's something chemistry and locker room wise with the team to keep an eye on. Um, and then Nick Weiler Babb, who was a pretty great defender for them, he's out due to injury. Uh, but it'll be interesting. This roster can be really good. Uh, Magic assistant Brett Brielmeyer is again on the Germany staff, just like last year with Eurobasket. So uh, he's on this FIBA World Cup team. Germany coming off that Eurobasket bronze last year. You know, it was their first FIBA medal since getting silver in Eurobasket 2005. They're, they're a program on the rise because of the Wagner brothers. And. You know, they've won one FIBA World Cup medal in their history, uh, which was in 2002. Uh, I believe that was a bronze in 2002. Germany could still medal in this tourney, but that depends on how well the Wagner brothers play. There's no clear-cut tournament favorite in my eyes. You know, you got the U.S., Canada, Spain, France are up there. There's a few other kind of lower teams like Australia, Greece. Uh, there's There's dark horses there, but... We're going to have a better idea after three weeks of friendlies for everyone. And obviously health is going to play a role like Nikola Jokic isn't playing for uh, for Serbia. Giannis Adirakumbo may not play for Greece. Some people think he's definitely not. I wouldn't rule him out, man. I, like Yanni isn't somebody to, to blue ball the Greek federate, basketball federation. Like He's trying to play. And if his body's feeling up to it, he's going to play. And that changes a lot. So... Um, all right, let's talk Paolo Bencaro. He uh he won't be wearing number five. Mikael Bridges is wearing number five for Team USA. He's Paolo's gonna be wearing number eight. As uh US training camp starts in Vegas August third, that's Thursday. That's that's right here f- coming up for them. I think their first it, not, I think I know their first game is against Puerto Rico on the seventh. Um so it's a quick ramp up period for for Team USA. You know, there's other teams that have already been together for one to two weeks and you know, the U.S. is is just now about to come together. Um, I don't expect Paolo to start, at least out of the gate, but he should get plenty of playing time, especially against kind of the weaker, lesser competition. Like, he might get a lot of minutes against Puerto Rico. We'll see. Um, and he might play himself into more responsibility as the summer and the, you know, and the tournament preparation and the actual FIBA World Cup tournament progresses. Like, he brings size on a team that lacks it, and... The U.S. didn't medal in the last World Cup. You know, if they've won FIBA World Cup gold medals in 2014, 2010, 1994, 1986, and 1954, um, Mosley is going to, yeah, Magic head coach Jamal Mosley is going to coach the U.S. select team who will scrimmage with Team USA August 3rd through the 6th. It's a a big honor. Like, there's been some really prestigious head coaches that have coached the U.S. select team, and... You know, Mosley, he's got past experience with uh, Team USA in the past in, you know, smaller roles, but he's he's been in the program, and this is just kind of another big step for him. Um, there are no Magic players on the select team, which I'm surprised that Wendell's not there. I heard the six-man show uh, being surprised that Jalen Suggs didn't get an invite. I'm not. Like, his national stock is just low, and it's, it's his first healthy offseason. Suggs is currently participating with uh basketball without borders so he's staying busy i wonder i won't get into who is in the on the u.s select team but part of the reasoning for why specific players get chosen is about who can sort of mirror who the international opposition is going to be in the world cup and that's why you have guys like Peyton pritchard being chosen um so i wouldn't fret too much um all of the team usa games prep world cup wise are going to be either on like espn or the espn plus app i believe or both um so 
you know, if you want to see them in the States, you'll be able to see them at a minimum. And I'm really excited to see how Paolo does. Grant, look, Grant Hill recruited him really hard. Like fellow Duke recruiting fellow Duke guy, super hard. And it is funny how Paolo hasn't been on a Team USA team, be it a youth team or anything like that in the past. But they did mention how he was on a youth training camp USA program which was pretty interesting. Like they put that in like an official like news release. So they're really trying to get Paolo to buy in and get him in into it. And look, Paolo, he's got his Italian roots. If it was a 50, 50 decision between Italy and the U S I would have hoped Paolo would pick you, uh, Italy. That clearly wasn't the situation. Like he had not visited Italy until literally the summer. I don't think his dad had ever visited Italy until he went with him this summer. So I don't expect Paolo to have the strongest Italian ties, but it's great that he's exploring it. And it's unfortunate that he, that his PR folks didn't handle kind of the Italian denial and how that he just didn't get ahead of the, the whole, you know, he was joining team USA rumor uh, ahead of it. And I don't blame him. That's, that's your PR team. That's got to work on that and be better. Cause there's a lot of pissed off Italians that, that are uh, disappointed and, Look, with time, that's going to heal. Um, it may not be immediate, but it's it, it's going to heal. And look, he's I'm sure he's still, he, he's really enjoyed his time uh, getting to know his Italian roots and enjoying Italy, and I'm sure he'll be back, and I'm sure he'll mend those ties, hopefully. Um, all right, Goga Bataze. So Georgia has already been playing warm-up matches. I think they played against Egypt over the weekend, and I, they just played Lithuania today. Goga didn't play against Lithuania. I don't know if he played against uh, Egypt, so I hope he's not hurt because Goga is a pretty big, uh, important piece. You know, it's him, uh, Sandro Mamukalishvili, and uh, uh, was it Tornik Shingelia? So uh, it's those guys. They didn't have a bad Eurobasket last year, and they're kind of a program on the rise. Like, this is Georgia's first ever World Cup appearance. So, you know, before they would only show up at Eurobaskets, and they actually qualified for their first ever FIBA World Cup. So that's that's a big deal. Their program is slowly on the rise. Like, you know, before the most famous Georgian player was Zaza Pachulia, and Zaza couldn't carry them to a FIBA World Cup. So um, they have never medaled as a country at a FIBA tourney. They're being coached by a very experienced Greek guy, Elias Zuros. So, um, sorry, Elias Zuros is the Greek term, uh, is the Greek uh, pronunciation for that. But um, he's got plenty of experience. He's he could he could help get Georgia out of that group stage. Um, look, out of all these Magic guys on international duty, like we're already witnessing now, like Goga's going to be the toughest to keep track of going into the FIBA World Cup because Georgia's social media presence isn't great and they may not provide reliable streaming options to watch their friendlies. Like you're going to be basically leaning on other basketball federations. Um, so like, you know, Georgia played Lithuania today. It wouldn't shock me if Lithuania's basketball uh, broadcast a TV broadcaster had the game. I just didn't know that they were playing Georgia, but uh, so I didn't try to seek it. But um, Georgia's goal should be to get out of the World Cup group stage and into the knockout round, which is possible. Like I'm not going to go over the group and and all that yet. Um, I'll do that. We'll do that in a few weeks. But everything else is just a bonus beyond getting out of the group stage. Like if you get out of the group stage, that's a successful tournament for you. And you know what? They've got a pretty good chance uh, if. Health is not an issue for them. 
And then the last Magic player, it's Joe Ingles. Uh, Australia is a medal contender in my eyes. They finally won their first major tournament medal in their history. They got a bronze at the Tokyo Olympics. Also, it helps when you're playing games close to your natural time zone. They uh, they might get some Aussie fans in attendance, although it's still an eight-hour flight to go from uh, Sydney to the Philippines uh, to Manila. Like they've, but their roster is pretty great. Like they've got a sneaky roster mix of old and young, uh, plenty of NBA talent. Like they got Josh Giddy, Dante Exum, Matisse Thybul, Matthew Delavadova, Dyson Daniels, to name some. And you got the old guys in Ingles and Patty Mills, who they just live for playing for Australia. When they retire from the NBA, like they're still somehow going to find a way to play national team games. Um, people think this tournament and the Paris Olympics might be Joe Ingles' swan song. I'm not assuming anything at this point. Like We're going to get a good idea of how much better Joe is moving around in these games. And you know, he said in Vegas to Joe that he this is the best he's felt in like two years. And... We're going to see. Um, and playing for Australia, I think, helps is going to help him just be in a better mood and just really, really give it his all. So we're really going to get an idea of, uh, of how healthy he is and how well he's moving. So that's it for the FIBA talk for right now. Um, Donovan Mitchell, Cleveland Cavalier guard Donovan Mitchell, uh, may not sign an extension to stay in Cleveland, according to Tim Bomtebs. Um, if the Cavs get off to a bad start this season – Maybe the Magic in December, January should keep an eye on a possible Mitchell trade package opportunity. Like, obviously, Mitchell would have to want to come to Orlando, which there's no indication of that. Like, this is a New York-driven rumor, after all, and Donovan Mitchell wanted to be in a New York Nick, or at least be in New York, and that didn't happen. He, you know, Utah traded him to Cleveland because Cleveland gave them a shit ton of picks, and you know, you got to do what you got to do, what's best for your franchise at that point. And I, from a trade perspective, look, I'm a Mitchell guy. If the magic are not sold on Jalen Suggs being a starting shooting guard, like I would think about doing an Isaac Suggs, Anthony Black, Jed Howard, Chuma, and, uh, and the Denver first round, 2025 first round pick for, uh, for Donovan Mitchell. Like in that instance, Isaac and Chuma would be waived. Um, and then Mitchell starts a shooting guard next to Markel Fultz. And you got a pretty stacked starting five. And, uh, you know, you got a go-to scoring option at shooting guard there. So we'll see how the season plays out. Because, you know, if the Magic are, are like, exceeding expectations, obviously they may not want to break this up. But, um, again, a lot the, the most uneasy position in my eyes is shooting guard at the moment. Like, Gary Harris, a lot of people think Gary Harris is going to be the starter opening night. I I'm not so sure. Like, I think Jalen's it's Jalen Suggs' job to lose. And if he can stay healthy the rest of this offseason, if he can knock down threes like he was late last season and he's as awesome playing defensively as he normally is, I think we see Gary Harris come off the bench. Um, but in the meantime, you know, that's that's just a pipe dream. I was hoping for Magic to trade for Mitchell last summer. I'm glad they didn't because they would have had to have to beaten Cleveland's trade package, and Cleveland just gave up a ton, and Cleveland might end up regretting that um, very, very soon. So I wanted Mitchell, but that trade package was just too much, and I think I admitted that once that Cleveland trade happened. So, But there could be another opportunity now. Um, 
So what are we waiting on now, other than FIBA World Cup stuff? Well, we're waiting on the Magic Blue Stars jersey to be revealed, which all indications are, including from Jacob Diamond, the equipment, uh, you know, the Magic's equipment guy, like the Magic retro Blue Stars jerseys that McGrady was most famous for wearing are are coming. Um, I doubt I'll be as thrilled for those as I was for the Philadelphia Eagles Kelly Green gear, which I'm not going to lie, I, I spent – I, I bought Kelly Green Eagles gear for sure, and um, I can't wait for it to come in <laughs> in the mail when I uh, when I get back from my vacation. But uh, I'm not the biggest Blue Stars jersey guy. Like I've said it before, um, it would retwi- retain like water or retain sweat, and it just didn't look good on a lot of guys. Like it looked great on like the really skinny guys, like McGrady or whatever, but uh, wasn't the most flattering jersey on other guys. Maybe with the Nike jersey technology and just different cut and tailor of this two-decade-old Magic jersey design that it'll look a lot better this time. Um, There's there's a chance for Nike to win us over because Nike has not been a very good uh, jersey partner overall, uh, and they have a chance to kind of prove us wrong here with, with this throwback. And then the other thing we're waiting on is sometime in August, the full NBA schedule is going to come out. So we'll, we'll know more about that. We'll know kind of how the schedule looks, especially around like the midseason tournament and then how many uh, nationally televised games we're going to get. We know we're going to get one. We're going to get that Mexico City November 9th game against the Hawks. But do we get any other games on ESPN or TNT? So we're going to finish off with a few magic topics that I did not expect to, uh, to come up and appear. And, uh, nor am I happy that they did, but I'm going to wedge this in. So Jason Garcia, who is well-known as a, a, he's a well-known Florida investigative reporter, tweeted that the Orlando Magic, the Magic's LLC, gave out $50,000, donated $50,000 to uh, Never Back Down, which is a super PAC for uh, Ron DeSantis's uh, campaign for president. So look, I don't like talking about politics because, you know, I am, I, I was independent for most of my adult voting life or most of my adult life. And then only a few years ago, very recently, did I switch from independent to to Democrat because I wanted to actually vote in primaries, which you can't do as, a, as an independent. So here in the state of Florida, but um, I don't like talking about politics because not everyone agrees with you and it leads into rage induced uh conversations and arguments and scream contests and just does not lead to uh, good relationships with friends or family when you go down that path. But the magic got involved in politics. So we have to talk about this. Um, It's no secret that the DeVos family and there are many LLCs, trusts or, you know, partnerships, organizations that they own, um, most of them being far-right Christian-specific uh, or uh, organizations that are focused on killing off public education in favor of uh, very specified private education that is not good to a large portion of the population, the, mar- the, ma- uh, the vast majority of the population. Um, and for decades, they've just been donating to Republican politicians and causes and presidencies. And I mean, Betsy DeVos has been in politics herself. And so, um, yeah, very rarely, if ever, I don't think I've ever seen this before. 
do these DeVos family donations happen under the Orlando Magic's name? I, I've never, I don't recall it. And I think I saw a, uh, a San Francisco reporter, I think his name's Alex Schultz. He did like a bit of a deep dive. Like the Magic have never, never, never uh, made any type of political contributions under Orlando Magic LLC. Like the Voss family's done it under their own stuff. It's never been done under the Magic. Um, like I think the last time an NBA team got involved, I think they said was like the Phoenix Suns in like the 90s and 2000s were sending $10,000 or whatever to uh, Republican super PACs back in the day. So this might be the biggest NBA franchise political donation ever for all we know. Maybe somebody in the next few days will, 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 will set the record straight or clear on that. But, you know, it's bad enough this family owns this Magic team in my eyes, but it's just an extra level of disappointment that they would donate to a politician who Orange County – and the Orlando area as a whole did not vote for in the Florida governor election and who would not vote for in a presidential election. I just, I don't want this franchise involved in this. I, I Be it even like for Democrats, for, you know, Biden, like I don't want my sports franchise, my sports team, my sports club, to use a more European term, involved in politics. Like I just, I really don't like I want them involved in charities that benefit the vast major- the, the the overall majority of people. I want them involved in good causes. I don't want them involved in super PACs and politics. Um, I just think it's bullshit to do that. And especially in a situation where the majority of your fans do not support this. Like, again, the majority of Orlando be it a 55%, 65%, the majority of Orange County does not support this candidate, does not support Ron DeSantis. Um, and it's funny that Donald Trump got indicted today. Um, but even if Trump isn't the opponent in the Republican primary, like DeSantis still might lose. Like that's how bad he's been on the campaign, no matter how much money's being thrown. But I don't want to do a further deep dive, dive than that. Um, if people want to reach out to me and have a conversation or tweet me or whatever, um, you know, you can find me at Papa Georgia MBO. Uh, but it's, I just do not want my franchise involved in this. Like do all this under your own name. You like the DeVos family has billions of dollars in their coffers. Like it's their right to do whatever they want with it. I may vehemently disagree with what they do with it, but it's their right to do that. But from a magic perspective, that's my team. All right. I'm 35 years old. This franchise is old as me. I do not want that bullshit representing me. So I'm going to leave it at that. Um, it is going to be interesting, though, because why Why would this happen now? Why, of all things, is it because DeSantis has this thing going on with Disney? And is there going to be any Disney backlash now? Because Disney is the jersey sponsor of the magic. Disney has put money and has sponsor, they sponsor the Amway Center atrium. When you walk into the arena, the atrium, that's sponsored by Disney. There's Disney stuff all over the place. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out between now and the, the, regular, the start of the regular season. Because it wouldn't shock me if there's more to this than that. Um, and then now my another favorite topic of mine. Sarcasm can be heard everywhere on this. Jonathan Isaac, he will wear his quote-unquote 
woke shoe brand Judah for this coming basketball season. So if he suffers a lower extremity injury, we know what to blame. It's going to be the shoe. And hopefully he actually tested this shoe or the shoe that brand that he's got, the shoe that he's wearing, which looks nice. I'm not going to lie. Like the shoe doesn't look bad. Like it looks nice, but because of what the brand represents, I have zero interest in supporting it. Um, and yeah, he says that he'll be ready for the start of the season. Look, the injury that he suffered late last season, like he's, he should be fine unless he suffers some type of setback between now and training camp. He should be fine. Um, but with that shoe, like remember with the ball family, like how they came out with their own big baller brand shoe or whatever. And if we found out they didn't really test it and Alonzo balls, like feet or and legs are wrecked forever from it, allegedly, potentially, um, for Isaac's physical well-being, like I hope this shoe has been actually thoroughly, te- you know, tested out. Because if not, he's gonna miss time again, um, and he might miss time either way. But now we have a, we have a reason to blame if if he suffers some type of lower extremity injury. It's these shoes. So, um, you know, again, I have zero interest in supporting this brand and just all the motivation and and stuff behind it is just so fucking toxic. It's it's just really terrible and I don't want Jonathan Isaac on this basketball team. If he gets hurt again, we, I might get my wish. I don't want to I want I don't want this I don't want to wish ill will injury whatever. Like I just want him traded to another team. Um he can be amazing for that other team on the basketball court. I don't care. I I don't want this guy representing the Magic. So, um and yeah, I'll leave it at that with J.I. because again, you know, J.I. in my eyes just continues shooting himself in the foot. But at least economically, he's going to be fine one way or another because he keeps finding a way to, to be making money off stuff. So, hey, that's I guess that's good business, whether it's opportunistic or not, whether it's uh, yeah. Anyway. All right. Brighter note, maybe not a brighter note for Mark Jackson, but I'm pretty thrilled that oh and especially for Jeff Van Gundy who I like Jeff Van Gundy but I'm pretty thrilled that ESPN's number one broadcast is now going to be uh Mike Breen, Doris Burke and Doc Rivers. We're done with Mike Mark Jackson. I'm not a big fan of Reggie Miller on TNT. I was never a big Mark Jackson fan on him for ESPN games. I'm pretty happy for Mike Breen. I'm sure Mike Breen's sad that his friends Mark and and Jeff are no longer going to be calling games with him but Doc was outstanding calling games in the 90s before he became Magic head coach. He had a brief stint again. I think the last time he did it was 2003 after the Magic fired him. I don't really remember that stint, uh, but I imagine he was awesome and people seem to be praising him for that. But, you know, I don't care how damaged his voice is now. Like, he's Doc's great. He pull up the 97 Penny series. Doc is awesome. Um, Yeah, I. I'm excited to hear Doc Rivers on a call. And I'm excited Doris Burke is part of the number one crew. That's awesome. Doris Burke is amazing. And I'm sorry for people that disagree with that. But Doris Burke is awesome. And Mike Breen's always been awesome. But I've always thought that Mark Jackson and maybe in the last year or two, Jeff Van Gundy, because maybe just the toxicity of Mark Jackson brought him down. But I think Mike Breen is going to end up liking this. He might not like it now, but I think... Breen with Doris and Doc is going to be great. So um, I don't think ESPN should have let Jeff Van Gundy go, but look, his I thought his attitude plummeted on broadcast the longer he was with Mark Jackson. And it I think it hurts the NBA product. Like you want to promote the NBA product, just like how I don't want like the inside the NBA t- crew on TNT, like hating on the game or hating on just or making 
mockery of fans or stuff or, or, or yeah, just a wide variety of things. Like you want to promote the NBA. The NBA is pretty awesome. And I'll just leave it at that. So that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, if you're still listening, this probably went longer than it should have, but we had late news come in. Um, I thank you very much for your time. Uh, I really genuinely do like subscriptions, high ratings, positive comments. They all help this podcast ranking immensely. I don't do it for the money because we don't make any money off of this because I I don't do ads. Um, I I could do ads. I've always I've been offered ads. This is a fun thing, and the day that it's not fun and it feels more like a job is the day I stop. Um, you know, it's sad that Penny was not feeling good today, um, but we'll do the next one together. And you know, you can tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Tw- uh, Penny's Twitter handle is at Spencer Strode. No C's, just S's. And I am again at Papa Giorgio MBO. And I am calling it Twitter. It's not X. It's not X. It's Twitter. Just like it's not uh, Camping World Stadium. It's the Citrus Bowl. And with that, take care. Let's go magic.